Well, hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast, episode 77. Um, I had cut it out, uh, but I screwed it up very royally. That just one line, it was terrible. So, yeah, that's why I'm laughing at myself. How are you doing? Welcome once again to us talking video games and all the video game nonsense that we love. I'm going to introduce everyone else this week, Mr. Greg Hicks. Good evening, everyone. I forgot what time it was then. I messed up my intro line just like you did. Oh, man. We did it every Sunday night, but I was like, good uh, evening. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. A long, long old day at work fixing people. Yeah, that was fun. We're all very grateful for your sacrifice. It's a job. But um, as I was saying to Ross prior to this, uh, without going too nitty gritty, metastatic cancer patients have a tendency to bleed a lot. And... Considering I've played generations of video games like Mortal Kombat, I'm still surprised how much blood is in a human body, especially when it's, you've got to clean it off the bloody floor. Yeah. Yeah, that Yikes. was a fun one. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I'm fine. My blood's still in me, so I'm all right. Okay, that's good. For now. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett. Good evening, sir. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm not too bad. I'm good. I'm good. You know, um, just pondering around and working and just generally being quite boring, really. So a typical week, then. It's a usual week, yeah. It's a, a usual week. Usual week for Gullet. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm all right, man. Good. Yeah, very purple this week. Chilled out. I can see your video now. You're looking very chilled. Yeah, I don't know where the purple emit is coming from, but... That's a little light you've got to say you're open for business, isn't it? Yeah, I kind of like it. Oh, wait, yeah, okay, yeah. I, see yeah, okay. <laughs> I was a little slow on that one, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're just implying you're, uh, you're on the job. Hmm. Roxanne, yeah, and finally, Mr. Toby Anderson. Uh, evening. How you doing, Toblerone? I'm pleased to say my blood is also still in me. Toblerone. <laughs> Sorry, that's going to be unofficial nicknames because I. Call I, know, I know you're laughing at it, but it's like the oldest one in the book. That one. Sorry, I, I don't know where I came to Toblerone from that mistypoed um, Toblerone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Thanks for the blood and guts story. Um, that that really that started my evening well. That did. I like it. I like when uh, Greg comes in and talks to us about. <laughs> His work. Holding his work. feet or, yeah. or blood is yeah. cleared up off the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw a human nice. heart today, things like that. You know, it's fun. I've never seen a human heart because I'm in the wrong um, department, but I have seen a, a complete spine. And to give oh, you, yeah, that's the one. To give you, um, to give you a, a visual metaphor, you know that bit on Blade 2 when they go into the nightclub and that guy's just sat there and that woman's like picking at his exposed back? You know, do you remember that bit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what they do. Because obviously scoliosis corrections, they change, they they twist the entire spine or straighten the entire spine. So yeah, it's quite fun seeing someone's entire back laid out like a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the thing they do. That's when what they you're thinking. Out on the table. Mm, tasty. Oh, ribs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about video games. Not my gross job. Okay. Uh, Mr. Sean Davies uh, can't join us this weekend. He's feeling a little under the weather. So hopefully we'll get him back next time. So. Let's just crack on with our game of the week. And I'll start from the top. Mr. Greg Hicks, what's your game of the week, sir? Uh, it's still definitely not Crisis, because that's still a massive pile of arse, despite being promised a patch. So it's not going to be a very flattering review. When that Did comes you not get a patch? Yeah. No patch. Xbox wow. has a patch. Xbox users have had a patch. The other versions mm. are, are down the line. So, right. yeah. It's not looking good for the Crisis review. Um, you could say it's uh, in a bit of a crisis. Are we going to score it below average? Or you could not. Or could not what? <laughs> Say it's in a crisis. <laughs> Look, do not it's a bit delayed, me. sorry. Do not deprive me of the puns in my reviews, Davey. Um, <laughs> Save it for the review. Can't, can't all be, you know, best-selling Amazon authors like you. So let me have my moments. Even I um, can't be. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke. Um, right, what have I been playing? Video games. Yeah, the Mafia Definitive Edition. I only got it yesterday afternoon, so I haven't really put loads into it. Really good. Definitely an improvement from the old, old games it used to be. And obviously Mafia 3 was good as well. Very linear. I mean, I haven't, I've done like six missions already and there doesn't seem to be anything open world I can do. Like it gives you this massive sandbox, but it's like every mission starts with you're already going to meet someone or you're already going to do something instead of actually, you know, going to pick a mission, if that makes sense. And I've unlocked some of the things like my garage, which you can store cars and stuff. And I'm like... When can I actually go and have fun to store cars in my garage? Or am I just allowed to pick from a infinite supply of cars in my garage, for example? So it's, it's like a pseudo open world. Like, 
I'm, I haven't tried straying from the path yet to see if I actually can go and have fun if I don't follow somebody to my own workshop in the mafia den area thing. But there is a free mode. And I hope it's not two separate things because part of the fun of sandbox games is like being a sandbox. You know, you can go here, there, do whatever you want and then do a mission. So I, I don't know if it's just basically a faux sandbox sightseeing tour of um, not quite Chicago game. I don't know. Have you read any of the reviews on it? Um, Because I think you'll find that it is two separate modes. A bum. That's what they've been saying. Um, Yeah, well, the same. I think the same thing was in Mafia Two as well. When I think my brother played that, and he said, and I think the old zero punctuation um, review said same kind of thing. So yeah, I think it's definitely a step backwards in terms of what it's brought forward to Mafia Three. But that being said, like, I did wonder why I was going to buy another sandbox game this close to Cyberpunk. And I think having it sort of handhold me through the story is probably a good thing so I can get it done. It was quite cheap considering how much AAA games cost or are going to cost. So yeah, I might just get that out of the way. I mean, it's pretty entertaining for a Mafia game. You know, you know what to expect if you've seen Godfather and Goodfellas and stuff. Yeah, so I'm quite enjoying it. I see. Yeah, it does look fun. I think it's going to be... I, I could even um, send it your way when I'm done. Oh, all right then. I'll just trade Trading games. Yeah, I'd love to trade you some of mine, but they're all on my console. Yeah problem don't worry you've you've hooked me up with free games for the past two years i have to say nice things ah yes i have (laughs) (laughs) mortal Kombat and resident evil don't you forget it uh mr toby anderson what's your game of the week sir um well i had a lot to choose from this week i completed night in the woods and i completed spirit fairer so i was trying to decide between the two of those and i also started and got most of the way through control as well so i was just debating which one should be my game of the week i'm gonna go with night in the woods because i'm not finished control yet so, um, yeah, Nine in the Woods was an um, interesting one. I know you like that one, Ross. Uh, Ross. I, um, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like my favourite game of the generation. But yeah, yeah just, just favourite game ever. I mean, you know, I thought I'd try it out. I'd not had the chance. It came with that um, Itch.io uh, bundle, like Racial Equality Black Lives Matter bundle. Um, and I spent, I think I spent like five quid or so on that bundle. Um, and got, you got like a thousand games. So I tried out what I had, and it was Night, Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods was one of the top ones. Anyway, it's it's you know we, everyone knows what it's about, but I just loved the whole um, casual sarcasm. The script basically was my favourite bit of it. Um, you, they just have that thing going where you know, like you know someone so well that you can just banter with them, like you wish death on them, and then they they wish death back on you, and then you tell each other how you'd die or how you'd kill each other and things like that, and then you just both go, <laughs> "That's funny." Because it's just the just the whole way that it was written, um, all the way through, and then it deals with things like you know dropping out of college, not having a job, that weird nebulous period between being a teenager and being an adult and taking on responsibilities, and it was all yeah just really really well written. I think that's what I'll take take home from it was just how interesting the script was. I think it suffered a little bit from a couple of gameplay sections. There were some dream sections that got a bit old, um, but yeah, really really good. I liked it. Yeah, it's really good. I I can't speak highly enough of it. Really, it's uh, it hit me at the exact right time I needed it to. That sort of thing. Mm. And sometimes, nice you know, the game does that. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just again, just, just when a piece of art that speaks to you in a way that doesn't have to be a game or a film or a book or anything. It's just like, yeah, I needed that right, right at the exact moment. And Night in the Woods was one of those games for me, for sure. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. And I, there better be a sequel, or I'm I'm going to write a letter. I tell you. Would it be called Dawn in the Woods? Oh, I hope so. Or Night somewhere else. Dusk, dusk in the Woods, depending <laughs> which way you go, yeah. Yeah, well, it was good. Anyway, that's, uh, that's, what, that's all I'm, uh, I'm going to say on that one. So, yeah, I didn't interrupt. Control, maybe bit. next time. Cool. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett, have you got yourself in front of a console this week, sir? I actually have. Oh, my God. Um, I know. It's like the end of humanity or something. Um, yeah, well, actually, yes. yeah, so let, let's keep it light. <laughs> yeah, okay, forward. So... So, uh, so this week I have mostly been playing The Crew 2, that old beast from back in the day, because I, I, I like the first game, and the second game uh, is, is a pretty good, um, just, you know, driving across America, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome, there's lots of things to do, and the instant change from car to, like, plane and boat, it's, uh, it's good fun, but I've got a really a massive bone to pick with Ubisoft now, like, um, I'm probably a bit old as party man, but why can you never access your saved games from a Ubisoft online thing? Do you know what I mean? They're all saved in the Ubisoft cloud, so 
Um, I haven't played a crew two for about that year or maybe a bit more. So I had no idea what I was doing. So I thought, you know what, I'll start a new game. You know, start fresh, get a new, uh, new game going. You can't. You can't delete your save game. You can't access it. You can't do nothing. So you have to mm. carry on playing where you left off, which is a big mumbled load of shit because you don't know what you're doing. Um, and the same happened with Steep. I bought Steep and then I thought, this is going nowhere, so I need a fresh game. And uh, yeah, I couldn't start a fresh game, so the game got uh, uninstalled and I've never played it ever since. So Ubisoft, man, sort it out. Let's access our own save game data, please. Mm, interesting. Yeah. One month into Watch Dogs Legion, my friend. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, come on. I know. So it's exciting. Like, it's been the longest month ever, now, isn't it? It's been like it, month. it is going to be the longest month. Ever. It's funny you say that about um, Ubisoft because Konami did the same thing with uh, Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain as well. I deleted my, I, I did like my nearly 200 hours of it and all that. And then I wanted to start from scratch. So I went and deleted my like PlayStation 5 save as well. But obviously there's some sort of Konami net type thing where as I logged into it, uh, as I started again, I still had all my GMP. So I had like a, a wealth of something like 8 million, which, you, which takes you a while to amass. And I was like, oh, Cool. That makes it easier than start from scratch when I've already got, you know, eight million in the bank. It's just annoying, isn't it? You know, it's a little bit. Yeah, you, you want to be able to just clear it and start again, like you said. Well, yeah, it's just like that overhanging thing of, oh, here's what you've done before. And I'm like, no, the whole point was starting again. Yeah, because now exactly and because of that, I've I've now not played uh, Steep again, which I thought was quite good. A little bit I did play with it, and the crew too. I, I wanted to play it, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so you know. Um, I probably won't play that again now either. Mm. So Ubisoft, you, you're a bunch mm. of slags. Sort it out. Yeah. You think it's just as simple as having a new game option, I guess, wouldn't it, really? Having, well, having it's a save data. Yeah. Well, with the, with the MGS one, it was. It was a new game. Like I said, I cleared everything, but obviously it logged me into my Konami account, whatever you want to call it, and mm. there it was. And I was like, I didn't have to spend it, but then it didn't give me any incentive not to if that makes any sense like yeah. when, you, when you're starting off you want to budget and develop stuff and when it was there it was like oh i could just not develop that and you think well might as well because it's there and it takes the fun out of it not the fun mm. but it takes the, the difficulty out of the early stages yeah that's fair so i just just go by what paul said then it was, it was obviously not just ubisoft that do it yeah, what's um okay. what's been your game of the week then russ my game of the week um i've been quite lucky this week i've been playing ori in the world of the west on switch which was incredible oh. um yeah Love a bit of Ori. Good lord. What a, first what review, a port. I think that was actually... It was mm. the first one published. It wasn't actually the first game I, I took. I think that was the complex. Um, but yeah, first you game took. published. <laughs> took. I took from you. <laughs> took on is what I meant there. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's a good one. Yeah, Tell me what port. you thought about it. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's spectacular. One of my favourite games of the year. I think it's only been, what, five months since the Xbox release? Five or six mm, months? Something like that, yeah. Not long. And this port is just spectacular. I know there has been issues. I can put my hand on my heart and say I have not seen a single issue in my copy of Ori in the Wood of the Wisps. Um, there it was just been... a few really minor bugs where it would yeah. just sort of just stutter a little bit. And there has like been that. like slowdown and loading up things and people have found bugs in the Switch version. And I just didn't come across them in my time playing it. Um, we've got, you know, we we're very grateful and thankful that we got a code, but yeah, the code was perfect. And so I didn't mention it in the review cause I didn't see it, but you know, some people mentioned, Oh, well there's, there's bugs in my, was like, oh, it is unfortunate, but I just didn't subjective. find any so, subjective, isn't it? You know, I mean, yours, yours was a nine out of 10 because it had mm. those sort of like first week bugs, but the switch version was just like, well, there's no, there's nothing there. So it has to be hot be higher than that and the only way to go higher than that is to, is to give it a perfect score if you can't think of That's... anything wrong with it whatsoever then yeah there it is <laughs> just, just 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 fell in love with it and it's a deserving game it made me realize i hadn't actually played blind forest really all that much so i'd like to get back to that as well on the switch at some point mm-hmm. um but my main my manager game is rocket league hey i haven't pl- i've not played rocket league in four years and this week it went free to play which isn't irrelevant obviously to me because i got it when it was on ps plus all those years ago but yeah it's good, isn't it? Rocket League's a good game. And I've been playing through the playlists. I've been ranking up some levels. And it's just such a simple premise. And it just does it so, so well. There's not really a lot to discuss. It's Rocket League. Everyone knows what it is. But, you know, especially now with my, with my shiny new tally, they've given it a proper kind of like 4K overhaul. And oof, it looks very, very nice. Do you play with the fixed camera or do you play with the camera that follows the ball? I play with the camera that follows the ball. 
Of course. Because when, when I monster. first started, yeah, when I first started this game, I couldn't play it. I couldn't score a goal. I couldn't do anything. And I, when I realized I could change the camera to follow the ball, I was like, and I'm suddenly amazing at this game. <laughs> it exactly. was great. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, my incentive to play it has nothing to do with the fact that there's been a Fortnite crossover event this weekend. And uh, I can play stuff in Rocket League to unlock stuff in Fortnite because that's the world we live in now. And it's been quite fun, actually. And um, all your Christmas come up once, that isn't it? Yeah, I I open Fortnite and there's all this Rocket League related stuff that I need to get as well. So it's you know they're both owned by Epic, so there was obviously going to be some crossover at some point. But yeah, it was fun. And so yeah, that's sort of been my week really, just playing an awful lot of Rocket League in between or in the world of this and my other review, which is currently Roller Coaster Tycoon Three, which I'll talk about more next week when I've played it a little more. I haven't played it that much yet, but I will soon. I promise. That does wrap it up. We haven't got a quiz this week, obviously, because Mr. Sean Davies is not around. So we're going to go straight into both barrels. And there's some interesting little tidbits of news. There's not many, but the ones that we do have are pretty good. So here goes. <clears throat> Resident Evil Village, that's Resident Evil 8, sounds like it may also release on current gen consoles. That's despite the game initially being revealed as a PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X slash S title. Speaking today during a Tokyo Game Show presentation, producer Tsuyoshi Kanda stated Capcom would do our best to create PS4 and Xbox One versions too. Quote, while Resident Evil Village is being developed specifically for next-gen consoles, we're looking into delivering the experience on Xbox One and PS4 as well. We're looking into it, but we can't make any promises. However, we will do our best to create a top-tier survival horror experience on current generation consoles, unquote. Amazon's long-rumored cloud gaming service has finally been unveiled. It's called Luna, and will be heading to Fire TV, PC, Mac, iPhone, and iPad, and Android soon. As with Google and Microsoft's similarly-styled offerings, Stadia and cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass, Amazon's pitches immediate access to a wide range of games across multiple devices. Unlike Stadia's much maligned efforts, however, Amazon is opting for something closer to an all-inclusive subscription model initially offering over 100 games via its Luna Plus channel for an introductory price of $5.99 a month during early access. Games will be playable at up to 4K slash 60 frames per second and will initially include Control, Panzer Dragoon, A Plague Tale, Innocence, The Surge 2, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, Grid, Resident Evil 7, Abzu, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, and more. More will be added over time and Amazon Notes games can be played on up to two devices simultaneously with a single subscription. In addition to Luna Plus, Amazon is partnering with Ubisoft to create a bespoke publisher-specific cloud gaming channel, which sounds like it will have its own separate subscription fee. Members will be able to play new Ubisoft titles, including Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6, and Immortals Phoenix Rising on release day, and add up to 4K, Amazon says. This is the first of multiple Luna game channels in development, where customers can play games from their favorite publishers and genres. I want to get into this more at some point, but there's just not enough information about it yet, so look out for more on that on the Fingers podcast, uh, hopefully very soon. Sega has used a Tokyo Game Show-related stream to make the most welcome of announcements with the unveiling of a new Virtua Fighter project. The only problem is, we're not entirely sure what it is just yet. The CEO of Sega has teased the project at the climax of a stream celebrating 60 years of Sega. Details weren't forthcoming just yet about Virtua Fighter eSports, although a short trailer was shared. Will it be an online-enabled remake of one of the past games? Given Sega's done similar with the likes of Puyo Puyo eSports or Puyo Puyo Champions, it seems like one of the more likely options that will hopefully have some more clarity soon. And finally, Metal Gear has been re-released on PC. A trio of Metal Gear classics have been re-released for PC via GOG.com. Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, and Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance are all available right now. Priced $4.79 for the first Metal Gear and $7.19 for each of the others. Whew! Ladies and gents, that was Bo's Barrels. Are you going to jump into these PC Metal Gears, Greg? Have you got any kind of desire to jump back into the classics again i don't have the pc to run them on um so no True. but i don't really need to because i've got them all available either on playstation 3 as psn downloads or i've got the metal gear collection on the ps3 so no but i'm glad that they're getting a new lease of life again on the pc because there was a port of metal gear solid on pc years ago you know, just come with the big old boxes mm. so have they done anything to it was it just re-released or what I mean, you I think, think I'm that, being a Metal Gear fan, but I understand they're just straight ports. They may be oh, like no. they may, might be resed up a little bit, but no. But, but I mean, it's, it's not even Twin Snakes, is it? No, no, no. It's, uh, I don't understand why everyone hates Twin Snakes. I fucking loved it. <laughs> um, no, but hopefully this will give them the incentive to remake it 
But then, hmm. I mean, it's in Konami's hands, but there's the long rumour that, you know, Sony's going to buy Konami. We don't know if that's true or not. That'd be nice to see a Metal Gear Solid remake on the PlayStation 5. But, um, no, nah, I mean, I'm all for Metal Gear getting a, a second lease, third lease of life. Yeah, There's been rumours all week about a, a Metal Gear Solid remake. Yeah, but that's been going on for donkey's years. It's what everyone well, wants. I just mean it was a lot of rumours... Yeah, yeah, actually reported on this week. Well, that was that was yeah. that's what goes in with the the whole Sony buying Konami thing, doesn't it? Everyone, yeah. goes, oh, if they're buying it, that means they'll do a Xbox Bethesda, like we're going to get onto in a bit. Yeah. Oh, that means this means all these games are coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, oh, how does we get Sony in industry? No, we won't. <laughs> so, um... Oh, come on! <laughs> don't just don't just t- dangle that there like that. <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't that good anyway. That game was it? Oh, fuck oh, 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 man! Oh, that was it. Oh, <laughs> you, you, know, I got, I got like, it all excited. I bought it and everything. I even bought. Was it? What game did it come with? Or did something come with it? Metal Gear Solid Two demo came. It came with, with a demo. Game. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I bought, right, I bought the Enders for the demo. Admittedly, the first Only Enders is the weaker of the two. But the second one, when it changed its visuals to that anime mecha style thing, go back and watch any of the Only the Enders Two cutscenes, and it's like any of the battle scenes, and it's fucking phenomenal. Oh, I'm the opposite like, way around. I played you know I mean? played so much of Zone of the Enders One. And then by the time Zone of the Enders 2 came out, I was well, didn't get into it half as much. Did you have that but, sort of series fatigue kind of thing? Yeah, but Zone of the Enders 1 is fantastic. Nah, great, man, me- I mean, great memories. I, I, I know like, the PS4 port of Zone of the Enders 2 is a bit weak, but um, I've got the PS3 version of Zone of the Enders 2, and God, does it look fantastic. Some of the battles on it are pure, like, Evangelion Gundam levels of, like, cel-shaded amazingness. But we're not going to get a third one, was my point. Sorry, I can <laughs> just set us all off there. You're derailing yourself. I <laughs> uh, just just proving just proving to Paul that he's wrong. <laughs> There's no proof there whatsoever. <laughs> I need I need some like visual for, for an for an animator. You should check out some of the um, no. I know you're a graphic designer, but from an animation perspective, check out some of the battles. If I remember later on, I'll send you just like a, a clip or something on Slack. But there are some. The last time I watched uh, a manga anime was uh, Fist of the North Star. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, my favourite scene ever is that guy that falls through buildings. It's amazing. Buildings just fall and just walk through it. Mint. Anyway. Oh, Fist of the North Star is fucking weird. It is a bit weird. Yeah. Not as weird as Yotsugadoji, though. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know my mate Martin listens to this, so I'm going to get, when he finally listens to this podcast, I'm going to get, oh, you've reminded me about blah, 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 blah. But we were talking about like Pat Labore and the old ones the other day. So oh, anyway. I, went, I went back and watched Kite the other day. Because um, it was on a thing about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Kite is pretty weird too. Oh, I think Ross's eyes are glazing over. <laughs> Stop talking anime. He's got all this Tokyo Game Show stuff I to know. come. He's going well, to definitely, definitely have to listen about anime in a minute. Anime, Tokyo Game Show, segue into. I know it's not um, anime per se, but um, Rachel's uh, oldest daughter, Evie, who's three years old, is really into um, Miyazaki movies. She loves Spirited oh, Away. Oh, they, they are just they're just still cool. anime. Yeah, but... Um, just a particular style. Yeah. yeah. So but yeah, I get to like, walk around the house and have the Spirited Away soundtrack playing, which is really nice. I'd say Nausicaa was the first ever anime I watched. Didn't realize what it was, and it made me cry. Oh, Nausicaa is fantastic. Yeah, um, it was the end. Same with Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke. They're just amazing. Mm-hmm. Was that the last no, time so, you cried, Greg? You can t- um, no Terminator Two made me cry. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you cry of- just just this morning from spider-man <laughs> it wasn't this morning i just said I was, that last night <laughs> uh, i said i said all right i, I admit i did actually well up the first Spider-Man time is amazing friends of all no less <laughs> no no um i finished it again the other night and that bit with can i spoil it it's two years old right okay spoilers for the ps4 spider-man game in so yeah um the bit with the cure without May, and he has to make that decision and she's all like take your mask off and stuff i was didn't cry this time but the first time i saw it, i was just like like nearly welling up <laughs> no um terminator 2 made me cry it's the same bit they take the piss out of in space you know the bit with the metal and the thumb yeah i was eight years old yeah I know. It was Arnie. I know. it's harsh it's harsh warrior made me cry the tom hardy film wow yeah, yeah. i won't lie I'm a little bit too up to that as well actually which bit oh, just at the end no, no, uh, the bit where he, no, the bit where he's uh, relapses. Dad. Yeah, where his dad relapses in his drink. And I remember watching him on the bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, this is totally anecdotal, but I was watching it with a with a girlfriend at the time, and she was sort of lying in front of me, and she went, "That bit's really sad." And I went, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right." right. I was like, <laughs> 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 "Turn around." 
around. I was just like, oh, Christ, John. And, uh, yeah, that kind of, you know, it says you crying and you go, no, and they look at you. And I'm just like, oh, that's really sad. Yeah, that's, I think that's the last film that made me cry. Yeah. I watched The Gentleman last night. The guy Richie and the new guy Richie. Oh, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's cool. I like that one. Really enjoyed it. That did make me cry. Colin Farrell was awesome. Hugh Grant was good as well. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant's character, like character was mental. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Man, he's always he's so foppish, a, isn't he? He's on a renaissance right now. Yeah. But he's always so foppish and like, oh, I'm so terribly, terribly sorry to play in that. All right, darling. <laughs> it was just really good. Love a stretch, Greg. Have you seen uh, Paddington 2? No. Because he is fucking superb in that. He plays a... the Finger Guns movie podcast. He plays a, uh, <laughs> a, a, a just a washed up camp actor and he's brilliant. Uh, okay. So yeah, well, I hi- highly recommend Paddington to anyone. God, Paddington 2 is amazing. Anyway, talking of Konami, (laughs) 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 a lot of chins were wagging. The PlayStation fans were begging desperately for Sony to buy someone this week because Xbox made a bit of a move, one would say, and bought ZeniMax, who own Bethesda. So, I mean, Xbox now own Bethesda. Toby Anderson, what was your initial reaction to that? Big news. Yep. Cool. Is that it? <laughs> I, we move on. I, sarca- I, <laughs> I sarcastically said to myself, mm, that's big news, that is. Seismic <laughs> news, really. Um, no, the, um, it is it's very big news. It's a big move. I think, I think it shows Xbox are trying to sort of almost steal um, exclusives uh, in a way. So that comes with, you know, Deathloop, Ghostwire, Tokyo, things like this that we know are not quite, you know, being taken completely but they you know six months down the line after they've exclusively take you know launched on playstation who knows where those games will actually end up um but the best part of it is that uh, it means that doom dishonored elder scrolls fallout all of these different things are going to suddenly appear on game pass um wolfenstein games are probably on there already actually i think as far as i'm aware but um that's all of those together in, in one place if you're an xbox fan and you're a shooter fan for example you've got absolutely loads to, uh, to, to, to go from. And if you're a first-person Western RPG fan, you've got absolutely loads to choose from. Um, they've kind of cornered the market on two massive sections of, um, of, of popular gaming genres. I just think it's, um, I think it's great. I think it's a really good move by Xbox. I'm very pleased that I waited for uh, Doom Eternal for, what, five or six months now, and I'm going to be able to get it for free uh, with my Game Pass. That's great. So I'll be playing that next week when that launches. That launching on the first of October, isn't it? I think. So uh, yes, indeed, it launches on my birthday, which is lovely. Sweet. Um, so that's even better. <laughs> um, I think there's a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll say another point on this is that a lot of fans are doing exactly what Greg described a minute ago, which is, oh, you know, this means that they're going to make this game, or this means they're going to make this game. I don't. I mean, it's cool going forward that there could be some wild ideas potentially floated and, and we'll see where things go, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It doesn't necessarily mean a particular game will get made just because those particular game studios can now work together. But they could work together anyway. But a lot of people talking about Fallout New Vegas 2, that seems to be the one that's been going around and around and around my uh, mm. feeds in the last couple of days. Um, people clamoring for a new isometric Fallout game as well. And I'm like, <laughs> they weren't making that anyway. Why would they make it all of a sudden now? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, there are games still to come from Bethesda that I'm still interested in, and this doesn't make any difference to them, like like Starfield, for example, that we've still not seen anything of in like two years. But yeah, I think you just need, people need to calm down a bit about what it means in terms of, you know, my favorite game is getting a sequel, um, and just realize that, they've got an amazing deal. All of these games are suddenly going to be on Game Pass, starting with Doom, and over the next few months, you're going to be able to play shed loads of things you weren't able to play for free um, if you haven't played them before, especially like Dishonored 1 and 2. You mm-hmm. know, that'd be great to go back into if you've never played those. Um, yeah. Fantastic I mean, stuff. For the slow, there'll be a slow burn of games sort of dropping on Game Pass, I presume, mm-hmm. over the next few months. I mean, when you think about Bethesda, you think ID Software, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks. I mean, these are these are big, big studios. And The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, Dishonored, Wolfenstein, Prey, Rage, The Evil Within, Quake, like you said, Starfield, The Elder Scrolls, you know, six, is that gonna be exclusive to Series X now? I mean That's a big deal if it is. Yeah. These I mean it's a huge deal if it is, but these um 
these games, obviously, there's no answers for this just yet. Um, where do you stand on what does this mean for Sony? What does this mean for PlayStation? Does this are we gonna see the next Fallout, the next Doom, the next Dishonored on a PlayStation console, or have Microsoft wrapped this up tight? What do you what do you predict? Um, I'd like to think that they have wrapped it up. I'd like to think that's the point of the move is to say that, you know, next time there's a great big, you know, Doom Eternal got what's such fantastic grades and marks across the board, didn't it? Pretty much. So if the next Doom in like two or three years time is going to be completely um, exclusive to Xbox, then that's a that's a big move. That's that Elder mm. Scrolls 6, like you say, that's a massive move if that's not going to be coming to PlayStation. This is what I meant when my very first sentence was just, it seems like, this is my. This is our jumping in, stealing exclusives move. Xbox have got a whole load of, um, you know, in-house um, developers already, but with that move, they've just bought like four of the most, like you've just listed, the most massive ones there are around, um, and and these great big games that people are waiting for. From Sony's point of view, I mean, they kind of need to make a big move. They kind of need to show something. Need to ex- announce a new exclusive that they've not done. That's why people are clamoring for them to, you know do something with Konami or whatever. I mean, there were other ones that they potentially could have bought as well. But yeah, I hope they do do something. With like watching all this play out over the week, obviously we're a week late to it because of the nature of when we record our podcast. But hmm. it's funny that, you know, people say, oh, Sony needs to make a big move. And, and I was watching Alana Pierce, I think, on her channel. Um, she said, guys, Sony are worth a third of what Microsoft just paid for Bethesda. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> just the... That's when you realize Microsoft are just an, just an infinite money machine and they have the capital to do this and Sony just don't. They don't have the capital to buy anything bigger than, you know, say Konami as, as we were discussing before. You know, there's, there's a lot the same of moves. Time we've, within the console wars and the stuff we've been discussing on previous weeks, you know, Sony have the exclusives, don't they? They have the stronger list of exclusives when people actually talk about sure. which ones I'm going to buy a console for. Um, whereas Xbox have managed to completely corner the market on on subscription model and you know the fact that you're going to get all these games with Game Pass. They're going for a different thing, but like you say, Xbox can just railroad it. If they want to railroad it and they want to buy out a bunch of you know developers who will say yes to you know these this kind of a deal, then mm. off they go. Like, what what's going to stop them? Nothing. <laughs> Essentially, Microsoft I also can... also think. Um, oh, sorry. No, go on. I also think that with the Tokyo Game Show just was showing that, you know, they're really interested in Japan. They're really yeah. interested in breaking Japan and they're really interested in buying Japanese stuff. So if Konami isn't, isn't bought up by um, Sony, then what's to stop Microsoft swooping in and starting to take a few big Japanese studios as well? Man, that's a crazy time. Xbox are not messing around this generation and they're making some very, very strong moves. Um, Paul, what was your take on this are you are you did you sort of go through the list of bethesda games and think wow i need an xbox to play the next one of these or is there is there one that stands out i'm asking you a lot of questions but oh (laughs) (laughs) the trouble is this is what it is right so um microsoft are now like the man city and the chelsea of the football world they're just buying their way to the top um bethesda they're a massive studio and obviously got loads of massive fan base and all this kind of stuff but none of their games really anything i play so i'm just like oh, whatever do what you've got to do you know i'm not going to miss doom i'm not going to miss quake i'm not going to miss like skyrim or, or whatever it's going to be called start the new star one maybe but i don't think about that yet so um i don't know it just seems like a, like a random studio to buy i mean i don't know i would have thought they might have gone some sort of small thing with the xbox i don't know it's just did make a lot of sense to me, um, but they are—they know they've failed in this generation already. It hasn't even been launched yet. They know they fucked it right up, um, and you know it's going for what go up. Fuck this! I'm going to buy Bethesda. Screw you, Sony. And so he goes, yeah, whatever. Do what we've got to do, man? But we've got these exclusives. Sony have the games that I want to play, and I mean that simply boils down to that. If um, you know Microsoft, if they bought Ubisoft, for example, then that might be another story because they have the games I want to play, but. Um, you know, if I don't play another Skyrim again, I won't lose any sleep over it, you know. Um, if I don't play Dishonored 2, well, I didn't play the first one for more than five minutes anyway, so I'm going to miss that. So, I don't know. It's just, it just reeks of desperation to me. Do you know what I mean? They're spending money just because they're kind of losing the fight. And, uh, and I think they would have been wiser to say, to Joe, what, let's scrap the next-gen Xbox. Let's focus on Game Pass because that's where it's at. That's where they're going to make their money because it's a really good service. 
Um, but instead, they're still trying to flog this dead horse that's an Xbox. I mean, mind you, probably, think... I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, they've probably got the money to buy Bethesda from all the Xbox One X's they sold by mistake because our parents couldn't figure out which one to buy it. <laughs> that's how they've done it. It's a big cunning plan. Oh, man, the Xbox pre-orders um, were very fun, yeah. If you don't know, a lot of um, on the Xbox pre-order day, I think it was the 22nd of, uh, of this week. Uh, yeah, um, the Xbox One X saw a 727% sale <laughs> rise because, assumedly, people thought they were buying the new one, the Series X. And it's uh, not like we go. predicted this, did it? Do you know what I mean? Not like, what, no, we didn't see that coming whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Greg, I have a technical question for you in regards to this. Um, a lot of well, the Bethesda games... Me? Because <laughs> you're our tech guy. Not oh, my really. bollocks. No, but a lot of Bethesda games, they're not, they come out and they're a little bit broken, aren't they? Most yeah. of the time. Do you think Microsoft are going to kind of like try and push them a little bit? It's like, guys, stop releasing broken shit and actually kind of represent Game Pass the way it should be. Or do you think they're just going to leave them, be very hands off? I don't know. When Microsoft bought Rare, it kind of squashed, I say squashed their creativity a bit, but you can definitely tell what's an Xbox game, an Xbox Rare game and an old Nintendo Rare game, for example. There's, despite the obvious console differences, there's quite a clear feel to them. Do you know what I mean? Does that make Quality. sense? Like, well, yeah, I mean, just look at Banjo. Banjo, prime example. One and two-y, great. Nuts and bolts. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to think that they would take a step back and actually let Bethesda do their thing because as much as we deride them and their buggy games, they are somewhat masters of their craft. Unlike Paul's very <laughs> negative approach on some of their games, I have played quite a lot of them. And I fucking love Dishonored. I think it's great. I've never had any issues with that because that was made by Arcane, but obviously published by Bethesda. So it depends. It's that sort of knock-on effect of like, if it's still Arcane and... Because Arcane are making Deathloop, aren't they? So it's whether... Obviously, you can't see my hand gesture because I'm doing it. It's whether like Deathloop is made by Arcane and they don't get any interference from Bethesda who don't get any interference from Xbox. You know, like the oversight, over-shoulder committee from three different parties kind of thing. So from a strictly business point of view, then... I hope they don't fuck around with the companies too much. It's when they start chipping in and going, oh, actually, you need to do this. And, I mean, Banjo was just one example. But Grab by the Ghoulies was okay on the old Xbox, but it was a bit stilted. It didn't. It should have been an N64 title. Uh, mm. Perfect Dark Zero wasn't as good as Perfect Dark, and that's because it wasn't the same as Goldeneye. Yeah. Cameo so wasn't I mean, as good as Jet Force Gemini. Yeah, exactly. We haven't had Blast Core 2. Hashtag get Blast Core 2. Yeah. So, I don't know, but like... Going by what Paul said about um, sort of Western RPGs, I think it's quite thematic that the Xbox has got this because the Xbox is shit over in the East. So maybe they are just playing to their strengths, you know, Western console, Western RPGs, and, you know, all the Elder Scrolls. But yeah, I don't know. I hope they don't go fucking around with it. I hope looking back on things should be a lesson to be heeded. You know, don't piss around with what a company's trying to do and just let them make it. Oversee the final product, fine, but don't keep cutting corners and, you know, all changes, change that, and it just sucks the life out of things. Yeah, because it's not, it's, it's not primarily their studios that Bethesda publish, it's their games, like Fallout 4 yeah, and yeah, 76. Yeah, yeah, direct IPs, yeah. Um, because like, look at like Wolfenstein and Doom, you, they come out pretty polished. Yeah. And, you know. Let's say that young, Youngblood didn't, though, did it? Hmm. No, not so much. Youngblood was supposed to be a terrible game anyway, regardless of glitches. Well, yeah. But that is that just law of diminishing returns, diminishing interest? I don't know. Mm. But you know, Dishonored Two didn't have. I mean, the first Dishonored was superb. Yeah, Dishonored Two just suffered from. Well, what it suffered from really because it was fucking great. But no, I still think it was a great game. Yeah, just had a few glitches. I never had mm. any. Funny enough, I bought the Xbox version. I've got the deluxe one. Um, there's the box up there with a massive mask in it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I never had any issues with it. So. I don't know. It's it's a tough one to call. But you're right. Like X, like Bethesda, first party games are buggy as shit. Yeah. Like you said, for, even 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 Fallout New Vegas, heralded as one of the best ones, was awful on launch. It was worse than Fallout Three, and that was before the days of way too much internet, you know, vilifying and review bombing and all that. But it was it was a mess. And only after like a couple of weeks did it actually start getting better. But yeah. Hmm. 
my my sort of take on this is it's fantastic for Xbox and for the community of players. Um, it's really easy to get on Game Pass even if you don't have an Xbox now. So there's always a way to play these games if you really want to. But there may be... I don't see... I mean, it was $7.4 billion, but I don't see a world where Elder Scrolls Six is not multi-platform and the next Fallout isn't multi-platform. But Microsoft have in their arsenal a, a, the line of, well, you can... They can, 70, price, they? you can pay 70 quid over there or you can it play it for free over here on Game Pass. Yeah. They've got that line every time. And as you're saving money on spending it on a game, why don't you buy an Xbox Series X, you know? Yeah, exactly. On commission, not commission. Um, All access. Payment plan, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, if you so can they, get they've, one. They've got, yeah, they've got a business model there going. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to get excited about. There's still very little to... But that, there's a heavy asterisk to that. It's, it's obviously like a lot to get excited about if you're a if you're a one console fan and you really like Xbox. Like, yeah, we've said before. Like me, I'm indifferent. I play my Xbox now and then, and sometimes stuff comes out on Game Pass, and I'm like, yay! I haven't paid fifty quid for this. Mm. But um, yeah, I ain't rushing out to buy a new one. Yeah, I mean, any future new IP, I think, will be Xbox exclusive. But mm. the established franchises may not be. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. But. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Like. Is it going to be a bidding war? Or Microsoft can name their price for Sky. Uh, keep calling it Skyrim. Um, Elder Scrolls Six. They can name their price, can't they, for Sony and mm. everything else? Yeah. Even if it's you know, okay, we'll have it over here for a year, then you can have it. Yeah. You or know. we want so much of your revenue share of it. Yeah. But then I guess Bethesda probably made money off this deal. Yeah. And more than enough to cover themselves for PlayStation yeah, sales true. anyway. So it's yeah, it's interesting. Well, well basically, just as many remakes and definitive versions as the other copies have, so... Yeah, yeah. The PS5 may not see Skyrim. Imagine that. Oh, I couldn't give a shit. Do we need, <laughs> do we need another release of Skyrim? I've never, I've never played more than an hour of Skyrim. I don't see the hype. Oh, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat. I got about three hours in. Gave up. <gasps> Are we agreeing on a game again? Oh, it's just Yay. like the old day. It's lucky Sean's not here. He'll be able to tell us, like, the name of the house on the 112th level that he got stuck in. I know so many uh, people have just ditched so many hours into I, Skyrim and it's just like hundreds of hours. I, I, I remember I, I was playing Skyrim and I was actually quite enjoying it, surprisingly. And then I went into his little boat and I come across this like level bazillion fucking ghost thing and it killed me. But unfortunately, as soon as you enter the boat, it auto-saved, didn't it? So if I loaded it up, you've peered and killed me straight away. So it's just a loop. <laughs> So they get yourself stuck in that infinite loop. Yeah. Yep. I went down for that again. So I thought being. No, I am. Um, I know it's, it sounds hypocritical of me because I buy loads of remasters, but my brother's had probably about as many versions of Skyrim as I've had of Resident Evil 4. <laughs> so, That's a lot uh, of versions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the home of Xbox now. Home is like Xbox, sorry, is like known for, you know, it's, it's a shooter console and it always has been sort of yeah. from a very, from day one. And now potentially they have Doom. Quake and Wolfenstein in their arsenal alongside Halo, Halo and Gears. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's mad. So, yeah. There was, we, there was lots of talk online the other day about um, a crossover thing where you put all of those he- all those heroes together. So you have all the, you know, Quake, Halo, um, all the ones yeah. you just listed, and you just have some kind of crazy battle royale thing where you can choose all of these different people. Oh, so Xbox it 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 Smash like, Brothers. Hype well, dreams, but I like the like idea. The old, um, like the old modded Quake, wouldn't it? It would just be, yeah. it'd just be quite yeah, with um, Halo skins. Yeah. I'll pray as well. This this gen's prey was pretty good, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Man, lot to get excited about. There's still a lot to unpack. There's still a lot of unknowns, but so far, Xbox owners can be very happy with this. I think <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, good old after Phil Spencer. After years, after years, we've been shitting on them for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like they've realised. Go, wait a minute. We have infinite money. We can just do what we like. <laughs> Why are we trying to compete up. with anyone? They just woke up and went, oh yeah, well, Microsoft. I think yeah. they've probably gone, that Finger Guns podcast keeps shitting on our business model. We should maybe do something <laughs> that, that makes sense. Shit. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> They're a finger gun in the ointment. Let's um, get them. Let's give Bethesda 7 billion. 7 billion? Oh, we made that yesterday. Okay, good. Yeah, Grand. cool. Done. That's fine. Well, got well done. All the, from, uh, all, the lo- all the Zunes in it, so. <laughs> all the Zunes. Oh, burn. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> too, too soon. <laughs> To Zoom. Hey! Right then, let's move on to uh, Miles Morales, which, I mean, this is bizarre, but a lot of people on the internet this week are kicking off that um, you cannot transfer your progress of Spider-Man 
to Spider-Man Remastered from PS4 to PS5. These poor entitled gamers are like, no, this game, they all, they, they all completed three years ago. Why is that a surprise though? Not that people completed it. I've just done it for the second time yesterday. Why is it a surprise that you cannot port a PS4 save over to a PS5 game? Why is that a ba- Why is that even worth that? Because some games are letting you and some what, games are not. What, what game? GTA 5, but that was a Rockstar net thing. What, what mm. game can you say that you've bought from the last generation to this generation that you've been able to play the same save on? You couldn't do it on Last of Us from PS3 to the PS4 version, looking across at my games now. Couldn't do it with Elaine Noir. Um, couldn't do it with Shadow of the Colossus. Why is it suddenly that Insomniac are the worst people in the world? Because you can't do what you couldn't do anyway. Because you can't, because they can't, because you can't do it. That's it. But it's not like Spider-Man's got a, a tracked progression system. Mm. I mean, it has in-game, but it's not like it's like a, a constantly live service that you need to not lose things on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very strange one. It's, it's going down the road of control, is that you can't upgrade it. Yeah, that's bullshit. You can't yeah. upgrade if you've already got the PS4 version. That's, that's a separate... Mm. You, can, you can you can play it, cool. you can play it, but you can't. The, you, you won't have the uprez. You full so you K, can, AK version. I mean, yeah, that's just backwards. You can, well, it's backwards compatible. Um, but you can play your PS4 version on your PS5, but you won't get the free upgrade. You won't. Sorry, you won't get an upgrade to make it look shinier. Unless you pay for the special edition of this Miles Morales. Morales. Which doesn't yeah, that come that, with the code of Spider-Man anyway. Right here we go. This is this oh, is yeah, how but, this is how it goes. I've got it right here in front of me. Are you ready? For this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm braced. <clears throat> Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is an enhanced version of Marvel Spider-Man and is included as part of Marvel Spider-Man Mars Morales Ultimate Edition for the PS5. In addition, players who purchase Marvel Spider-Man Mars Morales on PS4 can upgrade at no additional cost to the PS5 version of Marvel Spider-Man Mars Morales and can take advantage of a paid upgrade to download Marvel Spider-Man Remastered. There are no plans currently to offer Marvel Spider-Man Remastered as a standalone. Players with a copy of Marvel Spider-Man for PS4 can purchase Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition to experience Marvel Spider-Man Remastered on PS5. Marvel Spider-Man for PS4 will also be backwards compatible on PS5. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that old um, Monty Python meaning your life sketch, isn't it? You're playing rugby, put your coat down on the second hook, unless you've got a note from your brothers. It's, what the fuck is going on? It sounds like a Boris Johnson's... Um... Yes, don't go Speech. out. Don't wear socks with sandals. Toby, break that down for me then. Break it down so, now. So, Spider-Man, when did Spider-Man come out? 2018? 2018, yeah. 18, okay. So it's been out for two years. Control had the same issue and that's only been out for like less than a year. About a year, yeah. yeah. Well, about, about a year now. So if they're not doing it, I'm like, this is what I said the other week, which is, where, what's the cutoff point? How far back do you have to go before you don't get a free upgrade? I think it's very entitled to think that you should get a free upgrade of every game. If 99% of PS4 games are going to be able to be playable on the PlayStation 5, which is what they're saying, mm. then what, are we upgrading 99% of games for free? The thing of, is course, of course they're not going to do that. No, but it's the not thing that, is with Spider-Man Remastered should... is that it's locked behind the Mars Morales Ultimate Edition. There's no other way to get it. If you want to play remastered Spider-Man on PS5, you have to buy the Ultimate Edition of Mars Morales, for, which for is now. 70 quid. Yeah, no, I can for see what you're for now, at, at release. I can see what you're saying, Tobe. Like, yeah, it seems a bit of a massive expectation to expect all your uh, PS4 catalogue to be granted like a free upgrade. When essentially you're still able to play them backwards compatible and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's just the thing that with the control issue that dicked me off and the same with the Spider-Man thing is like, it's, it's hidden behind what like the opposite of an early adopt, like early adapters thing. It's like, if you buy it late, then you get the privilege of playing it for free or an upgrade. It's like like a game of the year thing where you, the later you buy this, the more likely you are to actually get what you want. But that's more like, that's more just, you have, with game of the year editions you know you've supported that to make a game of the year so that's that's where i see it like yeah all right, i spent 50 quid on a base copy at first it's 20 quid for a game of the year but i think well i bought it and it made it to that far but what knocks me off with the the control one we've talked about before and the same with this it's like you've supported it you've made it you know one of the millions it sold and then it's like as a reward for keeping your copy since day one on the ps4 tough you have to, and yeah, I know what you're saying like you can't expect that from every single game, but to to wave 
a remastered version in front of you and then go, yeah, but you've got to basically buy it again with the next game in the series. That's just mm. a bit... It's, it's simply a way to sell the Ultimate Edition, isn't it? Yeah. So as many of the Ultimate Editions as possible. But I can't... I, I really don't think that it will last all that long. I think at some point down the line, there'll well, be a particular it. version where you'll be able to buy that one on its own or they might even do what we're talking about, which is upgraded yeah. for free. But it's going to be six months down the line. Yeah, I mean, you are right. Though. It is a big, you know, you can't expect all your back It just seems very entitled, <laughs> yeah, because it's two on, years old. On. That's the trouble. My, my thing was more the, um, the saves thing. That's, that's what was making me laugh, was everyone pissing off about their saves. Yeah. It was like, well, no, just you're on the new console. Play it again. Like, if, 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 for example, I bought a PS5 at launch, kept my base copy of Spider-Man 4, got the free upgrade at the expense of clearing my save deck. I'd be like, yeah, all right, fine. What would be, what would be fantastic there is if they said that you had to have completed final, um, not final fantasy, uh, you had to have completed uh, Spider-Man, the original one, in order to play Miles Morales. Now that would mean that the saves game spit Ooh. would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and the news would absolutely be that all these entitled people are getting annoyed about it because I haven't finished my Spider-Man yet and I don't know if I'm going to be able to play Miles oh, Morales. So, so can I get one thing straight? So you get, you get PlayStation 5 and you get Spider-Man Miles Morales and with that you get a remastered version of Spider-Man from the PS4, is that right? Only if you get the ultimate edition of Miles Morales. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, if so you're you confused, edition, that's right? where we so are. <laughs> edition, so you're getting two games for what, 70 quid, yeah? Yeah, no, yes. probably more. Because the probably more than 70. Miles Morales on PS5 is 50 pounds because it's a 10 to 12 hour experience. Um, the one with remastered is 70. Sorry, Paul, go on. Yeah, okay, so 70 Sorry. quid, you're getting two games. What's wrong with that? One of them's remastered. You know it's because, it, it's because I already own one of them. Yeah. yeah, so do I. But you, know, but you don't I'm, own that version. It's the same as with everything on different... Yeah, on, <laughs> on cross-gen. I've got, I've got, I'd rather pay extra 20 quid and I can get a remastered version of the original. Right. How, many, how many of um, your Resident Evil 4s, Greg, did you buy that you got a free version of? No, you bought them all on different systems. And don't even let me fucking answer then, Jesus. <laughs> I know you didn't. Because <laughs> no one got anything free until this last year or so. No. It's just, you know... It's not something that happens. If you, if you bought a Spider-Man before and you want to buy it again on a new system, then fine, buy it again on a new system. The fact, the idea that you might get a free one, you know, it's just, it's such a new fangled idea. It's not a one though, is it? Because you've already paid 50 yes, but they, for it. They, they want to have this free version of it. It's not. No, that's a it's different not, system. It's not free. It's a different it's system. Upgrade, it's, like though, me buying it? It, it's like me buying it between Xbox and PlayStation. That would be two copies, wouldn't it? But I'm, oh, well, I'd rather have a free one for one of those systems because I bought it on the other system, please. No. No, that's not. <laughs> it doesn't it's, work. It's not, uh, it's, not, <laughs> it's not like the Shadow of the Colossus thing where it's a full-on remake and I expect a free copy because I own the PS3 one. It's not that at all. It's You've already got the game that can, you can play on your PS5. So why, if there's not an upgrade to make it look shinier, should you not get that as a... Bonus still think having... that at the bottom line, it's a different edition. Therefore, it's a new. It's, it's the a, same a, game, though. It this might well be, about, but it's still about, a different edition. About, How many like, times have they resold Final Fantasy VII on different systems? Pay for it again that? every time. I mean, we can buy Mars Morales on PS4 and get the shiny upgrade version of it on PS5, <laughs> and no, <laughs> and no additional cost. Yeah. But if I want to take Spider-Man, that new game, I've got a. I don't. It, the the one the big thing that bothers me is that it's not standalone. That I can't just go and get Spider-Man Remastered because I'm, I'm gonna buy Miles Morales from my PS4 probably, and so I got I've, I've already got a free upgrade for that on that that comes with it. So am I gonna have to buy that again if I want to play Spider-Man Remastered? I mean, yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I, I'm gonna have I, to to get access. To it. <laughs> I get your point. I really so... do. It's like, come on, man. I'm I'm playing devil's advocate as as the business as the business idea. That's all you ever do. I know, yeah. it's my favourite thing I understand that. And so for, for, an <laughs> <laughs> for an atheist, you're quite on the uh, devil's side. <laughs> <laughs> hey, an atheist's favourite place is devil's advocate, I promise. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. Thanks, Sony, for clearing that up for us. <laughs> yeah, we were confused, for sure. <laughs> the, the which, which version have I got? Who am I? I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> so yeah, that's all the fun you can have with the Spider-Man games next gen. Fun times. Right. We, didn't actually, we didn't actually come to any conclusion on that. No. <laughs> I don't think anyone can. I've got a conclusion. What's that? I'm going to get an Xbox. Okay. It's easy that's there, isn't it? Smart it. delivery. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You need Spider-Man. But you won't get Miles Morales. Yeah, exactly. In Horizon Zero Dawn and God of War. Not me. I've got Halo 3 I can play on my Game Pass. So fuck you. Now, 
we are going to dive into all the biggest news from the Tokyo Game Show 2020, which happened this week with our very own Toby in Toby's TGS TED Talk 2020 Game Show Talk chat. But um, that's a lot of teas. Thanks, Roscoe. <laughs> I bring the tea, if nothing else. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, kicking off on Thursday this week and running right up until a few hours before we record this podcast, the Tokyo Game Show was pretty mad, as it is every year. Um, but this time it was all online and all streamed, and you can get it through YouTube, and it was a lot of fun. There were masses of puppets, animated presenters, more cardboard signs being brought up than a protest march, and every presentation was treated, as it often is the case on Japanese TV, as if it were a Saturday morning kids TV show here in the UK. Now, many Bothans died to bring you this information, and by that I mean I took a drink every time someone shouted kawaii, and by the end I didn't know my own name. Day one saw Microsoft's <laughs> Xbox Hour, almost completely dedicated to getting Japanese gamers interested in Xbox Game Pass. They showed extensive amounts of flight simulator going over Japan and had no new announcements whatsoever. Square Enix dedicated an entire hour to Nier Replicant, which is an enhanced and remastered version of the 11-year-old Nier game that only saw a Japanese release, and then spent five hours of their own separate stream on HD remasters of Final Fantasy IX and X, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memories, which is a new rhythm battle game, two hours of an orchestral concert for you to sit through, and far too long on a train driving simulator that will likely never see UK shores called Densha Dago. Again, no announcements, but after dropping Final Fantasy XVI the other week, I think I can forgive them that one. Uh, day one was wrapped up by Lightning Games showing off Anno Mutationem again, which is looking better and better. I really like the look of that. Day two started with hours and hours of mobile games, somewhat incomprehensible Japanese game shows, and some tech demos before Sega, Atlas, and Capcom finished up in the evening. Sega and Atlas chose to spend their hour giving a history lesson on all the old Sega arcade machines and consoles, because it's the 60th anniversary and before launching into some info on Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis and Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, which looks like fun. We hardly saw Atlas at all, and the only real trailer was for an imminent release of, on October the 29th, of an HD remaster of Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne on Switch and PS4. Fun seeing that one again from PS2 days, looking all new and shiny, but that is one creepy-ass game. I still have dreams about it now. No Shin Megami Tensei 5 update and only 30 seconds of Persona 5 Scramble. Capcom then spent their hour on three games. First of all, Resident Evil Village with new first-person gameplay and information about how massive and far more ambitious world they've created. They showed Monster Hunter Rise for Switch, including monsters, uh, introducing monsters, sorry, and gameplay elements, including the wonderful rideable dog companions you now have in that game called Palamutes. And then Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, which is a Monster Hunter RPG with a proper story. Both were announced last week uh, before the show. Day three, so halfway through people, day three saw another morning of obscure mobile games, anime and dating sims, and girls getting knocked out by heart symbols and flying panties. My award for weirdest game of the show, is, which is a hotly contested ca category, let me tell you that, uh, goes to Panty Party, a multiplayer 3D fighter where the characters are actually flying pants with wings and weapons. Yes, you heard that right. Flying pants with wings and weapons. Day one. The girls, the girls were actually not there. They, the panties were off and they were flying, and that was all the game was about. Um, so <laughs> that, one, that one won the award for that. There were announcements of a remake of the first Hyper Neptunia game for, for PS5, and Level 5 came in showing off a mech battler called Megaton Musashi, a kid's version of a gacha school game called Any School Heroes Bustlin' School Life, which I just liked for the title, and then showed more of the new Nino Kuni MMO called Crossworlds, which is looking very pretty indeed. Nino Kuni is already, already pretty, pretty already. Uh, later on, Psy Games managed to disappoint everyone on the chat stream by not showing anything of Grand Blue Fantasy Relink and instead dedicating their hour to Shadowverse, which is a card game that looks uncannily like Yu-Gi-Oh! Then Konami dedicated their 50th year anniversary hour to a game called Eden's Zero, a new RPG from the same character designer as Fairy Tale. And Koei Tecmo spent their hour introducing Atelier Riser 2. And finally, on day four, uh, we started with Falcom showing off Yis 8 for mobile and talking Yis 1 and 2 Chronicles on Switch. And then Yis 9, which is coming out in the West on February the 2nd, 2021. East 8 on mobile is looking like the best graphics East has ever had. And I hope that that it's even better than the PS4 version. I hope it gets ported a lot further 
um, than just mobile. Koei, Tecmo and Konami both had a second hour on the fourth day. Koei managed to waste it, re revisiting 20 years of Dynasty Warriors games before announcing Dynasty Warriors Mobile. And then Konami spent an hour on a game called Momo Tetsu, a horribly cute, it hurt my eyes to the point of um, train network management sim that again will never see the light of day in the West. Uh, Banco, Ban Banco, that's the wrong word. Start again. Bandai Namco stole the last day with an extensive look at the cyberpunk world environments and battles of Scarlet Nexus and announced a new female protagonist called Kasane. Seems to be the same story from the two perspectives uh, kind of deal. So you, st you start with one at the beginning. This game has seriously done a bit of a turnaround for me um, from a pretty much a meh on the first Xbox showcase to possibly the best thing shown at the whole of TGS 2020. And finally, everything was wrapped up with a long look at Genshin Impact, which launches tomorrow. My overall impressions were disappointing, to be honest. Very little was shown or announced that was brand new. It was mostly updates, release dates and a few snippets from already announced IPs and lots and lots and lots of no-shows. No Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, no Persona, no Shin Megami Tensei, nothing about Dragon Quest and no new info about Final Fantasy 16. So I think in a new console launch year with so many other streamed events in the last few months, there was just nothing left to announce. My game of the show goes to Scarlet Nexus, which just continues to look better and better and I actually really, really want it now. And that was the Tokyo Game Show TED Talk. Valiant effort. Whew. I mean, it sounds like a hell of a week for your eyeballs. It was a ride, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Have you got any questions? <laughs> yeah, who's going to be first to uh, request Panty Party? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just going to be uh, Tumbleweed there for a second. No, I'll no, do it. Me. Why not? Yeah, why not? It's coming to Switch. Do you have a Switch? No. Nope. You're uh, oh, right at that one. Now, uh, Toby, this week I've been talking about getting a Switch. Has, yeah. um, has all this stuff that's coming out for it, all the Monster Hunter stuff, is that what's kind of pushing you in that direction? I really like the look of both Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories Wings of Ruin. They both look great. I don't know if I've got enough time in my life for two more Monster Hunter games because Monster Hunter World, Greg will attest, stole at least 120-odd hours. Um, yeah, you put more in than I did. I got completely obsessed with it for a little while. Yeah, so you yeah, carried definitely. on with that. You carried on without. I know. I, I carried I on without Greg. <laughs> he wasn't there to help me get the monsters. I, mean, I wanted to kill the monsters. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> what else? Shin Megami Tensei Five. I'll definitely want to play that when that comes out. Um, and Bravely Default, the re the sort of remake reboot of Bravely Default called Bravely Default Two, un unhelpfully, um, will be coming <laughs> out probably at some point next year um, on Switch only as well. So yes, it's called um, Bravely Default Two, even though there is a Bravely Default Two already. Well, yes, oh, no, not, it's quite, bravely not quite. It's Bravely layer, Default Second Layer, exactly. Yeah. And it's actually, that's a direct sequel to the first one, whereas yep. Bravely Default 2 is a brand new story. Ah, cool. But yeah, lots of reasons to get a Switch. That's the thing. Yep. Oh, is. Like, do I get one? Or do I wait until the rumoured sort of HD, 4K, you know, pro version that might be coming out next year? Yeah, we don't know about that for sure yet, though. Rumoured. We shall see. Yeah, like I said, a four K, a four K, <laughs> a four K Breath of the Wild would be beautiful. But we'll oh, and I suppose Breath of the Wild Two will eventually drop. Yeah, in a few years potentially. Breath of the Wild Two could be a launch title for this thing. Oh, I hope not. Why? <laughs> oh, why are you? Such you a don't good... have to buy it. <laughs> oh, no, no, the you... first one was rubbish. Oh, you don't, you don't have to play no. it, man. It's okay. It wasn't. No, I know. I know. You don't have rubbish. to play these. <laughs> I just want to put it out there because everyone's like raving about it, but it's not that good. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. So it's like Sean talking shit about Mario Odyssey. It's like, fucking, how dare yeah, you? No, he's talking how shit. How dare you? Just, yeah, no. it's just, is anyone else interested in any of these Japanese games? Or is it just Only me? flying underpants. Flying underpants? Okay. <laughs> that is cool. it. Uh, yeah, I want to play these train sims that I'm being denied because I live in a different country. <laughs> yeah, some of them look really, really, really crazy. Yeah, that's the kind of shit I can get behind, but never mind. I'll have to go to Japan. Then again, I've got a uh, Japan account on my Switch, so you could play region, Panty Party. Region free, nice. Let's finish on a high with September twenty eighth. As Toby said, Genshin Impact is coming out on PC and PS four and various other things. Uh, PS four finally gets the Panzer Dragoon remake uh, tomorrow as well, or today, for listening to this, the day it goes up, um, which is very very good. I played it on Stadia, I think actually, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. So check it out. Um, September twenty ninth sees Bacon Man, an adventure. 
coming to Nintendo Switch. I don't know what that is, but now I must know. I'm going to look, at, look that up. 29th sees Spelunky 2 come to PC a few days after the console release. Uh, the Walking Dead Onslaught, another Walking Dead game, is coming out on PC and PS4 on September 29th. Swordbreaker, the game, is coming out September 30th on Xbox One. As is Birthday of Midnight, which looks like a very sad version of Fez from the poster. Hmm, we'll see what that is. The very good Inertial Drift is coming out on September 30th on Xbox One. Um, Yeast, Yeast, the YS games that we, that we talk about sometimes. Yeast Origin is coming out on Switch on October the 1st, as is Drake Hollow, which just comes to PC, which I believe you have a... Re- or do we have a review of that game? I don't think we do anymore. Or do we? No, I think we do. Yeah. Hey! Yep. Oh, by the way, fingerguns.net is back. You can go and have a look. It's great. Um, Super Mario Brothers 35, which is that um, Tetris 99-esque Battle Royale Mario Brothers game, is coming out on October the 1st as well on the Switch. Obviously, on October the 2nd, a couple of big guns. Star Wars Squadrons lands on PS4 and PC and Xbox One on October the 2nd, as does Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time, which looks terrific. So, two big ones coming out this week. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed for listening to this week's episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. We shall, we shall be back next week with more gaming shenanigans. I wonder if we can keep up the pressure of the news cycle that has been the last couple of weeks. We shall see as we get closer to the releases of the next-gen consoles. Bigger news will come. But do follow us everywhere on Facebook, Twitter. All of our links are in our link tree in the description below. All of our individual Twitter handles are in the description of this podcast. Except for Toby, who's smart and not on Twitter. But you can follow us if you like. Myself, Greg, Paul, and Sean. Yeah, we will be there bringing down the averages on game reviews. That's what we do. That's what we do, apparently. In big red letters on Metacritic. That's what we do. Yeah, and we do it really well, apparently. But until then, thank you very much indeed for listening. Do follow our Patreon if you really like what we do. If you really enjoyed this podcast so much, you can give us one pound a month to help host this podcast on its various services and host a website. The website got attacked last week. So yeah, we could do as a Patreon. So if you really like us, it'd be really nice. Thanks. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon. We'll review your games better. Yeah. No, <laughs> wait, no, no, God. That's terribly unethical. Jesus. Yes. Who would do such a thing? <laughs> who, would get, who would get paid to review and score a game highly? Yeah. That's what you get living in this kind of thumb culture. <laughs> next up thank you very much indeed for listening ladies and gentlemen it's goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks uh, I haven't got a better outro than that sorry <laughs> <laughs> goodbye from Toby Anderson Dianara and goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett Bombs down for me <laughs> <laughs> and wow. goodbye from me my name is Roscoe we'll see you next time shots shots fired from the finger guns <laughs> pew pew goodbye everyone pew. Yeah.